In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, you've got the Q-Dog rolling solo. Why? What's the point of Man vs. Marriage, the podcast? Let's check it out. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q-Dog, a.k.a. Quincy Moran, the innovator, the host, the creator of Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Thanks for joining me. I think it's very important that I take this opportunity to talk to you about the point of this podcast and what part you, the listener, plays in the podcast. It's extremely important that we have this discussion, so stick around because I want to talk to you about my life, um, about why this podcast is happening, about the next phase, and then how you, the listener, plays a part. So with that being said, I am married. I'm working on year 24 right now, uh, married to my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran, who's the co-host of this show. We have eight kids. We have one son. We had triplet girls. We had a single girl. Yeah, they're all single when they're born. Come on. And then we had twin girls and finished out with one more girl. So there you go. One boy, seven girls, a six-year age gap. So now, what does that have to do with a podcast? Let me tell you. What's really cool is that Jeannie and I, um, we met by happenstance. Uh, and, and why do I say that? Because my first day of work, when I moved back to uh, California in 1997, my first day of work at this new job was Jeannie's last day of work at this same job. I never met her. She called out sick on her last day. I took the phone call let the boss know that she wasn't going to show up. And uh, lo and behold, sometime later, just like two years later, three years later, no, two years later, I married this girl. Excuse me while I uh, sip my Black Rifle coffee out of my Gadsden flag mug. Thank you very much. So... I ended up meeting her, um, instantly thought she was way out of my league, just a 10 out of 10, um, and me, of course, no, not a, not a 10 out of 10. Um, with that being said, Jeannie and I decided to get married, and we were fast friends, um, waited a few months before we ever kissed, any kind of intimacy. We wanted to build a friendship first. And we both had so many things in common. It, from sports to what we wanted as a family. We like the outdoors, want to hunt, want to fish. On down the line, Jeannie loves to laugh. I am funny. Even though it doesn't sound like it on this podcast, I'm a funny guy. So, I really charmed her uh, with the Southern charm. 
the dimples, the accent, and my humor. And uh, she really, she fell for me pretty quick, it seems. And how do I know that? Because by the end of the night, she asked me for my number. And I was too afraid to ask her. I mean, I was, you know, I'm five foot ten. I was about probably 325 at the time. She's five foot four, supermodel-esque, uh, probably about 115 pounds, 120 pounds. So what could she ever see in a guy like me? Well, come to find out, a lot. No pun intended. So we had decided, you know, we had talked about, hey, we want to have a, we want to have a big family. And oddly enough, you know, after we got married, it's like we wanted to know if we could even have kids. And we didn't wait. We didn't waste any time. So the doctors had told her she wouldn't be able to have kids because of some medical issues that she had when she was younger um, and that she had to take a certain medication for a long period of time. It was an extended period of time. But somehow that worked out. And then the next thing you know, I got tested. And uh, I remember the day I took a lunch break and I was there waiting for a call. Uh, the call from the doctor's office to let me know if um, if I was fertile or not. And I got the call and they informed her that, uh, I think they actually informed Jeannie, it was my medical information, but uh, that I was not... I wasn't fertile, that uh, my men were not swimming. And so I was devastated. And uh, I can't, I just, I felt like I was broken and that she deserved better and figured that she would probably want to uh, call our marriage off and, you know, and marry somebody else. And maybe now that just seems kind of goofy. But that's where I was at that time, just extremely insecure and felt like, uh, A, I wasn't good enough for her in the first place, and now this is just another reason why uh, I'm no good. Now, 30 minutes later, they called back and said, I'm sorry, we read the wrong test. Um, you're good to go. And so that was like a bittersweet moment because it's, oh, wow, what a relief. I'm actually good. But what about the dude that was out there that thought he was good and got the call that he's not? as far as, you know, his men swimming. So it was a bittersweet moment, but we took that and, and we began to go for it. And, you know, um, lots of granddaughters, lots of girls in our family. Um, but I had a boy. And, uh, you know, to, to go from the idea that you can't have kids to having kids, um, to be told you couldn't have children, it was uh, crazy high, crazy low, or, or in the reverse, crazy low, crazy high. But what happened was the the very next pregnancy, Jeannie and I got uh, the news. Like, we had a bet going on. It's like, look, she seemed like she was getting bigger faster, but she bet it was twins. I bet it was not. So we're in there having the ultrasound, and we told the uh, the gal that was reading our ultrasound about the bet. She goes, well, it's not twins. And I'm like, hey, I'm a winner, 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 cute dog, chicken dinner. And uh, she said, it's triplets. And, I, man, I, I was holding my son Hunter, and I was like, wow. Uh, what? Triplets? It was really crazy. Crazy experience. 
crazy pregnancy for Jeannie. Um, and after the triplets were born, they went straight to uh, intensive care, neonatal intensive care, life support. Um, you know, and it's pretty sophisticated 20 years ago, but still, they were two pounds. And it was like, you know, here here's the situation with you, man. You, know, you can't, you have your children, can't touch them. Um, you know, you can stand outside of the incubators, wife's recovering, kind of feel helpless. And these, these very small, fragile children um, are there right in front of you. And there's, there's something, there's something tough about that. Just really, really tough. And uh, at that point, you know, Jeannie and I have been married for a few years. I mean, we're working on year 24, and this year uh, the triplets will be 21. So, you know, three years in, we have four children, um, really young, really broke. Um, And a lot of, you know, I hate to overuse the phrase that it's like traumatic experience, but it... There was something traumatic about it. Even though I wanted to put on a brave face, there was something traumatic about that situation. Um, You know, finally come Christmas time, they were born on the 9th of December, and come around Christmas Eve is the first time we got to hold one of the girls. And, you know, you think once they come out of the hospital, the the problems end there, but then we just went through just a litany of medical issues, specifically with one of our daughters that... Um, had a brain bleed and ended up having to have brain surgery, put a reservoir in the top of her head so they could pull fluid off. And, you know, then the next thing you know, that that thing's leaking, and then they got to send her down to the hospital, and she's got to get a a full shunt put in her head. And, you know, fast forward several years, and this child has had like 20 revisions, 20 different brain surgeries to try to get this thing right. Uh, not to mention the seizures and the the sheer terror that goes along with your child seizing and you're there hopeless, helpless, and not able to do anything. And then so we have, you know, our, our fifth child, and we got five kids under the age of five in diapers. And, you know, the, the year the triplets were born, it's like, oh, I don't even remember a lot of that year. I mean, it was it was the craziest time. A, she was in the hospital for six weeks before they were born. B, they come out, uh, they go straight into intensive care. And then uh, she called me while at work one day, and uh, she was crying. I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's freaking great. I'm I'm excited. And she thought I was going to be mad. And, and so that, that in itself, what we have is, a, is several situations here piling up. Now, to me, that was a no, uh, not really a big deal. I mean, we're the ones, you know, doing the work. If you're going to wander the grass, you might as well expect it to grow. Um, but then some of our family, you know, dialed in on her, talking to her about, you know, what was she doing and why is she having another kid and maybe why aren't we being more responsible, et cetera. And uh, so there's there's some resentment built up there. 
Um, we have the the twins, and they're a little bit bigger, but they go they themselves go into intensive care for a while, and um, you know we are we're young, tired, running low on cash, bouncing around from a few a few different houses, um, you know from a from a condo to a house, and then you know meeting some people at church and. You know, their kids were babysitting our kids, and things were, you know, they were taking a step forward. And then Jeannie gets pregnant with twins. I was like, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to upgrade the house. And so we did. Um, right as we move into the new house, there's more seizures, there's more surgery. Um, we're starting to get a diagnosis for autism with a couple of the kids at that point. And then one of the biggest blows to the gut we find out that these babysitters have been sexually molesting our children and that just further thickens the plot so right now it feels like there's so many things that are happening to Jeannie and I and we're in this couple that started out with such excitement such hope such love such anticipation anticipation of I can't say anticipation there we go such anticipation of like growing this family and being the family that people love to come to now we're saddled with all these extremely difficult situations and the next thing you know it uh, we're in jeopardy of losing our house so we have all these things going on and Jeannie and I are numb towards one another we're I'm I'm working I'm out chasing uh, business adventures uh, because we're struggling. We're having to get money for our food from a food bank uh, from our local church because we don't have money to eat. And all these things are going on at, at one time. And it, and it feels like the world is caving in on us. And like I say, we had so much hope in the beginning, but life was not what we thought it was going to be. And so... Jeannie has the twins, and then there's more medical issues there. There's more brain bleed because they're born early with one of our daughters. More surgery, and it's like, man, we are at max capacity, and we are sinking. And thankfully, we were a part of a great church, and uh, they did a they did like a uh, marriage conference. Well, first it started with like a self-development course called Living Life by Design. And they talk about your past, your your childhood and traumas, embarrassments, etc. Then they talk about what your personality is like and can you grow and can you become better and can you aspire to be somebody different than you are. And I, I looked at that and I was like, man, I didn't know this existed. And then later we went in and we had this marriage uh, conference at our church and it was it was fantastic and one of the things they had you do was like uh they would have you grade you know rate your marriage husbands and wives without looking at each other's stuff rate your marriage and so i at that point i thought we were pretty good you know in spite of all that we had been through and Jeannie um thought we were not so good and so our numbers did not match mine was high hers was low and so um as a result of the living life by design, Jeannie had started doing some coaching and then got uh, hooked up 
with life coaching with Coach Rita. And uh, it wasn't long after that that, you know, we realized after that marriage conference, and I think it was several different uh, several different sessions over the course of several weeks, and we just kind of realized that, hey, we signed up for a great marriage, and we're really allowing these circumstances in life to live us, and we're not living life. So uh, fast forward weeks or months, I don't know what the timeline is for sure, but Jeannie's getting some counseling, and she's working with Coach Rita, and uh, her life is changing, and she's making some progress, but Coach Rita comes back and is like, look, we're not going to be able to go any further if you don't bring Quincy into this. And so, you know, she told me that Coach Rita wanted me to come in uh, to the counseling, and it Coach Rita is actually Jeannie's aunt, auntie, um, so for a, th- uh, for a second, I was like, mm, is this, I- am I going in on this two against one thing? Is this going to be, and I stopped right there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to open up my playbook and we're going to, we're going to find out what this is all about. So we went and the, the things that Jeannie and I had hidden beneath the surface were surprising to say the least. And although we weren't speaking about them, we were acting them out towards one another, and it was sabotaging our relationship. And at that point, we were in full survival mode because things just continually, um, they were just continually coming after us. That, that's, that was our feeling. So as we started to do some coaching, we started to understand the power of resentment the power of silent expectations, the power of forgiveness, the power of desire, the power of being willing to do something. And our marriage began to turn around. And at that point, you know, God help us, man. It was, uh, things were very, very difficult. We were going through all kinds of just mental anguish over what happened to our kids by the babysitters over the, you know, the seizures that were going on and the emergency brain surgeries. I mean, we're talking, we're talking 45-minute seizures, and then the ambulance shows up, and they rush your kid to the hospital. They put her in a helicopter. They fly her to Los Angeles, and then you go down, and, you know, your child's sedated and, you know, having things taken in and, you know, taken out and put back in her head, and it's like, man, this is, this is more than I bargained for. I never considered all this. But what happened with Jeannie and I, as we really started to get into what Coach Rita called marriage coaching, we started to find out what responsibility we played in our marriage and what we allowed life to do to us. And we started to take our own lives back personally, but also our marriage. And then from our marriage as parents. And we truly started making strides and turned our relationship around. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And the, like the crescendo one night was a night in San Diego where for some reason, Jeannie was worried that I was, that it was on my mind that I was going to leave her. I don't even know how long she thought this, but it had never crossed my mind. 
I never wanted to leave her. It was, that was not the case. We were in this together. And um, we were in a hotel getting some time away. Um, you know, and it, it was just, we had just like finished um, having some just fantastic time, intimate, you know, making love, passion, etc. And these words kind of started to pour out of me. And I, I can't even remember... I can't remember most of them, but I just remember telling her um, that that it was always her. It was always her. I mean, I'm kind of getting choked up thinking about it, but, you know, I would choose her again over and over and over again. I would choose her. Um, and just paraphrasing that, you know, she is everything that I want in this life. And something in that moment... Um, solidified in her and solidified in me and it was like a a spiritual connection was able to finally come back and was was restored in our life and then we continued to put the hard work in and we would fail and we would get up and we would try again and after about 10 years we looked back and said wow I didn't and this is me speaking it's like man I didn't realize that my marriage could actually be as good as I want it to be. So what am I willing to do to grow? What am I willing to do to change? What am I willing to sacrifice within myself? I remember one time when Jeannie was pregnant with our youngest child, she had six kids or seven kids at the house, and I was out coaching football because I was I was going to I was going to try to make something bigger for us because we were struggling. And um, she was sitting there. We're sitting in recliners next to each other talking about this thing. And I had really worked through and mentally justified why it was okay for me to go and coach football. And she was bawling. She was crying. She's like, I need you here. I need you. We need you. And I almost, I almost allowed these words to come out of my mouth, but then I didn't. I almost allowed the words, hey, I made a commitment to those boys in that football team. And I stopped myself right there and I said, whoa, wait a minute. My very first commitment is to this woman and to our family and our children. And that was a changing point for me. And that's another one of those like mental markers it's like man this is where you really made the right decision so I walked away from being a pastor I walked away from being a football coach and you know come to find out through mine and Jeannie's coaching um, I thought I was out trying to make more money but really I was out trying to find some validation some words of affirmation somebody to tell me that I was doing a good job because I was not getting that at home um, my mindset, my heart was in the right place, but it was looking for these things in the wrong place. And so if you fast forward 10 years and it's like, man, my life has changed dramatically. Things are not perfect by any means, but we do have a wonderful marriage. And Jeannie has become, you know, my most favorite person on the planet. And that's where it started. And we started redefining our marriage our relationship as a whole, 
our communication. We started redefining our sex life. We started redefining what money is, and we're still fighting that battle like you would not believe. We started, we redefined what it meant to be parents and how we wanted our house and what the values of our home was and what we were willing to, to do to grow and nurture this family. And when I took a step back, it's like, man, this, this is awesome. I, I've got to pay this back somehow. Because if, if Jeannie and I can go through all that trauma, and listen, I'm not, I'm not loosely using the word trauma. It's not happening. I'm telling you the truth. If Jeannie and I can go through all of those things, and this is the very short version, and we can make it, and it makes such a dramatic difference in our own lives, it kind of makes our world right. If we can make it, anybody who's willing can make it. So I, I set out to start a podcast with Coach Rita because I wanted to introduce her to the world. I wanted, I wanted her to be seen and to be, you know, championed for the work that she does. And um, after, you know, after a short while, Coach Rita had to step aside. She had family obligations that, that took precedence over the podcast. And then Jeannie stepped in. And now we're working on year number five in this podcast, and we have done all different types of shows. I mean, you can run through. We have well over 220 episodes, but why the podcast? Why do this? A, it's just an absolute passion project. B, it is my way of paying it forward. Well, all that Coach Rita invested in me, invested in Jeannie, I've got to pay it forward. Because if if making these changes to my relationship can have such a dramatic effect on my life, I've got to be able to go out and tell anybody who's willing to listen about that. Because it's what's possible for your life. And maybe you're in a place right now like where your marriage is... It's pretty good, and you don't have any qualms, but you got to ask yourself, is this what I signed up for? And once you do that, it's like, what did I have in, I, what idea did I have in mind when it comes to marriage? What did I think this was going to be? What did I want this to be? And then find the same, out, the same thing out from your wife. Because there are some relationship killers that are out there, silent expectations, resentment, um, unforgiveness, bitterness, those things are real. Inability to communicate, inability to listen, like listen authentically to what your spouse has to say. The idea that she's not like you and you're not like her and people handle situations quite differently. And look, I know now here in, in the year 2023 that... Information is just readily available, and there's like the Instagram pro model. Life is so good, but I'm telling you, we are here. We are doing this podcast. We're talking about hard things. We're putting our relationship out there because we believe if you are willing, then you can learn something from us. We can learn something from you, and your marriage can become exactly what you had in, had in mind or it might even become something better.
And that's why I say that you have a part in this. You yourself have a part in this because if we're helping you and our story is helping you, then it's imperative that you share this podcast with other people. It's imperative. And look, right now, this podcast has made it to 97 countries around the world, and that that blows me away. Um, but we're just getting started with this message. And so I'm asking you to email me and tell me what impact has this had on your life. And I'm here to tell you I'm, I'm an odd creature. I actually care. I actually care about you. I actually care about your marriage. I care about your relationship, even though I do not know you. And I can say that with the utmost confidence because I go onto this microphone and I put my life out there so that you have, you have somebody to look at to say, man, if that guy can do it, I believe I can do it too. And I'm doing that. I'm doing, I've done this podcast at times when it seemed like nobody was listening. And now we're fortunate because we have consistent downloads. But there are other men and women out there. There are other marriages out there that need to know that there is possibility to change. And what are you willing to do to help one marriage around you? What are you willing to do to help one young couple around you? What are you willing to do to help somebody who's considering getting married? What are you willing to do to help somebody that's considering separation, or maybe that's you? It takes an email. Now look, everybody who emails me is not happy about what they what we have to say. And I'm not going to say I have all the answers. I don't have a PhD in psychology and relationships. I have a PhD in hard knocks. And that's where it's at, you know, going going on our 24th year of being married this year. We have something to give you. You have something to give us too and it's perspective. Whether you've been married less time or more time, even in some cases when you're not married anymore and maybe you've lost your relationship and you're looking, you're in the hunt for the next one and you want to make it meaningful. That's why we're doing this. That's why we do this podcast. That's why for going on five years through surgery, through traumatic experiences, through death in the family, etc., we have never missed an episode. Not one week have we ever missed an episode because we made a commitment to you, our people. Because your marriage matters. It matters to us. It matters to me. Even if I don't know you. But you have the opportunity to reach out to me. And you get directly to me. I don't have an assistant. The emails come to me. It's Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMpodcast.com. We're here to help you. We want to learn from you. We want to inspire this new generation that doesn't seem like they have time or interest in getting married. We want to show them what is great about choosing someone to spend the rest of your life with and making meaningful impact on them and on the family that you create. So that's why we're here, dude. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast. And the next evolution of this is called Family Famous. And I'm looking forward to present that to you. 
and I believe we'll be uh, putting that out on the market this year. It's going to teach you how to become famous where it matters. And that is in your home. That's where it matters the most. That's where you make the biggest impact. So I'm here for you. That's the why in the podcast. And we've done several episodes like this. But I feel like it's important for me to continue with the new listeners that are coming on board to understand why it is and to let you know you play a part because we want to help you in your relationship. And what's cool is we'll get your emails. It's been a long time since we've done it, but we'll get your emails and we will read them aloud on this microphone. And we will call you Jack if you're a guy and Jill if you're a girl. So that you can step outside of your situation, you can detach yourself from the situation emotionally and listen to your own story and get a fresh perspective on it. And then we can get to work in returning you to all that you believed your marriage can be. That's what we do. And I say this with true sincerity. I love you big time. The Q-Dog is in your corner. If you have no other fans in this world, you have the Q-Dog, and he is on your side. And that's me talking about me in the third person, so I hope you could appreciate that. With that being said, there it is. That is the Why is the MVSM Podcast. Why does it exist? I'm gonna, I'll sure up the title a little bit better than that, but why, why the podcast? Quincy Moran, why the podcast? There you have it. It's about you. It's about paying it forward. It's about the gratitude I have, the grace of God that empowered Jeannie and I to redefine our marriage and our life. And you have that same opportunity. If you're at good, let's get you to great. If you're at great, let's get you to outstanding. If you're at outstanding, man, come teach me something. I can learn from you. That's it. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.